Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will continue our series on what we believe. I believe (laughs) this is part three. Um, And so for the past two uh, episodes, we've been going through uh, what is called the Outline of Faith in the the, uh, Book of Common Prayer. It starts on page 845. In the show notes, I've included the online version of this, if, if you wanted to go look or follow along or some kind of sort. Um, but uh, we're calling it What We Believe. It's basically a, a catechism. And in the first episode, um, we began with human nature and uh, that we were created in God's image. Um, something we've talked about in the past couple of, we've touched on at least in the past couple of episodes, was uh, that when we were created, we were created and we were called good, um, which is a place that sometimes we don't begin, and um, especially, well, not especially, but within, I would say, my, uh, some denominations, it feels like it always begins with you're broken, you're sinful, and so on, as opposed to good. But I believe, uh, I thought it interesting that the good part wasn't mentioned in that first human nature section, uh, but I believe that just being created in God's image is to f- tell us that we are good. Um, with that, in that episode, we, we were talked about given the freedom to make our own choices, we chose poorly. Little uh, Indiana Jones reference there, <laughs> as it says, and uh, our help for our choices is in God. And then in episode two, uh, we talked about God the Father. God was revealed through creation and history, and then to uh, the Israelites, and we learned that God, out of love, created all things, and in God's revelation taught us that we are to care and enjoy um, the part that sometimes we seem to forget about, uh, some do, some don't, uh, enjoy creation, and that all are created in God's image and worthy of respect. Um, and then the rev- this revelation of God was handed down through um what will be our topic today? <laughs> I guess that's my segue point. So uh, this revelation of God was handed down through what we call or refer to as the Old Covenant. And so um, I hope that kind of segues into this. And Tom um, Tom showed some excitement today about the Old Covenant. So let's begin with you and what is meant as as it is actually refers to the first question by the covenant with god or what are we referring to when we talk about the old covenant the old covenant (laughs) well we call it the old covenant as opposed to the new covenant as opposed to the covenant (laughs) it's uh I think it's a bad term, though, old oh, covenant. And okay. I guess old is okay because it's older, the older covenant. But it's it's kind of like calling it the Old Testament instead mm-hmm. of the Hebrew Scriptures. Right, right. So, but it's just referring to the Old Testament, generally. Which um, don't refer to it as the Hebrew Scriptures. What? 
Don't refer to it as the Hebrew scriptures. Don't refer well, to it. They're not. They're not all of them are written in Hebrew. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, I'm not sure why that point was made. But <laughs> um, well, good. I, it's not, Thomas, I hear what your concern is, is that sometimes when we hear the word old, we think of like outdated. It has a negative connotation when the the real point is not that it's outdated, but that it is the original. Is that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, to the Jewish people, it's, and if you were, and this will betray some of I guess my bias. If you are a Jewish Christian today, I mean, I don't see why you would not be following anything in this. I mean, if you look at the book of Acts up until the end of it, the Jewish Christians are still living as Jewish Christians. Their life is shaped by the he by the Hebrew scriptures <laughs> and the and the what we call the Old Testament. So, um, and Paul goes on, I mean, Paul says the covenant that really counts is the covenant God made with Abraham and that covenant anyway. We're getting caught up in semantics. For the <laughs> sake of the podcast, it's the Old Testament. So, Old covenant, Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we steered off the road <laughs> there... What were you originally going to say in reference to what is meant by the covenant that God made? What What is that? So, descendants of Abraham received the law on the mountain the, and in the desert with Moses. And so that's the covenant God made with Moses and and the people the Hebrew people. So that's the, that's it. That's and and I would say, okay, so let's jump into something real quick. Um, let's talk about the word covenant. Um, because I don't know too many people who have made covenants <laughs> using that term these days. And so what is a, what is a covenant uh, specifically, Everett? Well, so probably one of the most common places that we hear the word covenants um, in our outside of religious languages is that a lot of times you'll hear uh, neighborhood covenants. These are hmm. things that the neighbors have sort of agreed to in terms of, um, you know, how they're going to interact with each other. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, HOA bylaws may be coming more in, uh, in vogue, but the idea of covenant is is that there is this relationship that exists between two parties, and um, which in in which both parties agree, sort of to 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 do certain things or to follow certain things, hmm. and um, in the religious framework, um, the covenant is something that is instituted by God. God is the first actor. This is, you know, what we talk about is grace. Um, God invites Abraham and Abraham's descendants into a covenanted 
relationship. Okay. Um, I'm glad you said that. Let's talk about that. Genesis 15. Um, the God has Abraham collect, uh, I don't know, an ox, a dove, a goat, a lamb, all these things. They're cut in half, and the fire stick and smoking pot go through the middle of them. What covenant is that? <laughs> and what's the difference between that one and the one covenant made at the base of Mount Sinai? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> so there's... Well, so people will talk about, you know, there's different covenants that are found in the scriptures. I mean, so we find um, in the story of Noah, in which God promises covenants, never to destroy creation again. Mm, okay. um, Abraham, a covenant is made, and, and, and some, you know, some people would say it's the Moses covenant, others would, um, as, and I think I agree with Tom, is to say that it's a continuation of the covenant of Abraham. Okay. Tom, do you have something to add? Nope, that's good. So my understanding was that in that story in Genesis 15 where Abraham, you know, the, <laughs> all the animals are cut in half, um, was that covenants were, am I saying that right? That sounds weird. Covenants were something that were used uh, in between tribes and uh, in between peoples, groups, back in this time. Uh, to just live with one another. So let's call that the, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, some kind of old HOA, homeowners association <laughs> between tribes. It's the TOA. Um, and so if you, you know, what do you call it? I, I don't even know. Renucked on the covenant or when you went against the covenant, then the idea is that you would end up like the animals cut in half or that was your punishment kind of thing. Is that sound right that is that is correct okay so they would actually cut an animal in half and the two people within the covenant would walk through the covenant so let's just say the two tribal leaders would walk through uh the animals in half declaring that if i break this then that eh, break this that's what i was looking for <laughs> if i break this covenant i will end up like this animal so this was uber common in that day and so a covenant was something that was on it wasn't confusing to people right where we say it nowadays and we want to say a contract and that makes sense to everyone listening i'm assuming and and so on and everyone kind of understands that today but back then if someone says i'm gonna we're gonna make a covenant they'd be like aha yes let's do that good yes 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 <laughs> okay so what um should we now when okay so in this section the old covenant are we talking about are we going to talk about what's done at sinai or are we going to talk about abraham or both of these because and i ask that because i want to ask what is um the covenant initiated by god uh but god in in genesis 15 with abraham if I'm going well i think it's trail, before it's before genesis 15 say again I mean, it's before Genesis 15. Is it? Yeah, he said, and you threw, look at the stars of the heaven. Right. So shall your descendants be. He yeah. says, later, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Right. And, and to me, that points with the problem with the language 
of old, the old covenant. If you got an old one, then you probably have a new one. So it points to, in Hebrew Bible, might be another better term, I don't know. But it points to the fact, the fact that we've already pointed out that God made a promise to Abraham that is brought out in the law of Moses, the covenant God made with Moses and the Hebrew people. And the early Christians viewed Christ as a continuation of that original covenant. Mm. It's not a it's not anything Jesus in the Christian view is the one through whom all the nations will be blessed. So it's really just one covenant that go, has it gone on since the time of Abraham. But um, there there are distinctions that should be made. But um, what was your original question? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about then why God initiated this covenant. What was the point of God going to humans and saying, here's what we're going to do? Everett? Well, so from, you know, so, sort of from the narrative, you have, um, you have God who's, who's created everything. Um, mm-hmm. Creation immediately goes awry. Everyone is evil. And so God says, I'm going to redo creation and I'm going to go take two of every animal. And Noah was described as somebody um, who was a holy man who, who walked blameless in the sight of the Lord. And so God takes Noah and Noah's family, puts them on a boat. And then this seems like the problem will be solved, right? We're going to start out with a really good person. And if we do that, then we're going to finally get, get this right. And flood ends, ship lands, uh, Mose, uh, or Noah gets off the boat and gets drunk and makes a spectacle of himself, which if you've been trapped on the boat with your family, you <laughs> understand why he did this. <laughs> you deserve a night. <laughs> but it's like, so, so God says, okay, so I'm going to restart um, this relationship and I'm going to go get the most holy person that I can find and we'll restart it with that person. And even that person fails and and so you you have you have humans who sit there and they start trying to like you know build the tower of babel like oh through our own efforts we can go and we can you know reach god and so god enters into this relationship with abraham and not because abraham you know there wasn't you know anything necessarily special about abraham but other than God chose Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, um, I, as you were saying that, I had this image in my head of, of uh, saying, okay, and then Noah failed, and then, okay, and then Abraham failed. And uh, it's that loving idea of kind of like a parent who, if you, if you can resist to do it what I understand as a correct way, uh, riding a bike or when the child's walking, as opposed to when they fall, you immediately run over there and, and get them up and brush them off and, oh, are you okay? And at least, you know, whatever it is that you do, um, as opposed to allowing them to pick themselves back up. 
and get on the bike or whatever, try it again. And that's where that love of resisting from being, you know, the <laughs> helicopter parent or whatever you want to, whatever phrase is used. And, um, and that's what love looks like and allowing uh, people to progress and give it time because in the end, it always plays out better when you allow people to figure things out on their own or make their own mistakes, if you will. So that's an interesting what I heard you say kind of thing um, in that story. Okay, so where do you go? Um, you know, it's, it's the idea of making, of God offering a covenant. It's like, why does God need to offer a covenant? What's, <laughs> think about that phrase for a minute, that question. Tom, why does God need to offer a covenant? Come up with anything? <laughs> or Everett? Well, I mean, it's it's for us more than for God, obviously. Okay. It's so we can... Um, Learn to live as God would want us to live. Um, you know, yeah. so, so it says that God promised that we would be his people and bring all the nations of the world to him. And so, um, when you, when so you, in, in, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, N.T. Wright makes this point that the calling, um, of Abraham, um, is so that Abraham and Abraham's descendants would be light to the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so God chooses a particular people group, a particular tribe, a particular family, and those descendants were to be the light to the world. And then in Jesus Christ, that expands to the entire nations. Right. Um, so it's just, it's a place that God, um, through love, wants to show his character uh, to the world and beginning with, you know, Noah and Abraham, and as you said, and on through to Moses and the Israelites, uh, God wants to show who God is, I guess, to the world. And so through that, there is a covenant made. It's hard not to jump to the next section here. <laughs> I keep tripping over that. Um, and so, Okay. All right. Well, and, and, and I think one of the um, important things about this covenanted relationship is is that, so, you know, you, you talked about in Genesis 15, I mean, covenant was a, a common way in which people made sort of agreements with one another. And, um, but, but the, the real mark of this covenant relationship is circumcision, and so God takes this old man who has an old wife, and they finally have, you know, this kid. First they have um, Ishmael, and then they have Isaac. Um, they have Ishmael with a slave girl. And um, they, they have been promised to have all these descendants, which would have been seen as a blessing, and God says, "Okay, we're going to we're going to we're going to certify this covenant by you going and taking a really sharp rock and going to go circumcise your son." <laughs> um, which 
to damage the very thing that is necessary for procreation is a sign of trust in in, in God's goodness. Hmm. Interesting point. Okay. Hmm. Um, if you go ahead, Tom. I kind of asking us to know the mind of God by asking that question. Why does God make a covenant with people? I mean, the answer over and over in Scripture is God's love. Right. right. And that that's the reason God made the covenant. You could add some other... I mean, I often heard because God wanted the Jewish people to be light and salt to the world, you know. Um, and that seems to be all through the prophets. So, I mean, the answer depends on where you're, what you're reading and where you're reading it. But, I mean, I think the easiest answer is just love. Right. And, and, and over and over again, the prophets compared it to a marriage, the mm. covenant God made between the Hebrew people and him was, it was a marriage, you know, not something easily gotten out of. It's, and uh, there's just all this language in the prophets of, you know, of a lack of faithfulness in the marriage, but God not still not giving up on the marriage. Right. So, which is what I my understanding was back to the um, original covenant with um, Abraham. I said Genesis fifteen. I don't know. You challenged that a minute ago. Maybe I'm in the wrong spot. But anyway, um, that God was you know Abraham didn't pass through the animals because God made the covenant, uh, and so God's going to fulfill the gov- covenant. And um, and it wasn't on Abraham because uh, back to human nature, as we can see, we 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 fail, if you will, and uh, make the wrong choices. So that was a covenant that God fulfilled um, basically himself, if you will. I think that's how you say that Fulfill, I don't like that because that sounds like that's the end of the covenant, uh, but maybe promised not to break the covenant. So, um, okay, so. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think that's important. I mean, important part is, as, you know, Tom talks about, you know, says, you know, it's out of love. I mean, so God is, you know, God's going to keep the covenant no matter what we do. Um, and, you know, this is one of those those issues. Um, so the Episcopal Church, for instance, says that we should not evangelize to those um, who are Jewish because to sit there and say that somehow the Jewish people have a deficient relationship or somehow now no longer saved puts into question God's ability to keep the covenant. (laughs) I've never heard that. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if God, if, if God's going to be faithful to the covenant, why would God suddenly say, okay, you people can't follow all these laws. And so therefore now you're out, I'm going to start a new covenant with Jesus. Well, if all these Christians can't follow the covenant, is there going to be a plan C? Man, that um, is outstanding. I did not. That's I, what I. That's what I grew up with, Everett. Yeah. What's that? What's that? I mean, that was the interpretation. That exactly what Everett just said. That you know, God, and it's it. That's why it's wrong. I think that's why we have to view it as a continuous thing from Abraham forward. They said, God. 
Um, the people couldn't keep the covenant, so God had a backup plan, which was sending Jesus, you know. And that was, I mean, according to Paul, the apostle, this is what God had in mind when he said, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So it was never a backup plan. It was always... As I say, when's God going to get it right? <laughs> right. And, 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 and he talks about, right, and, and, and Paul uses the language of, of mystery that's been prepared from the foundations of the world. Am I... Help me out, Tom. <laughs> Go, Tom. Is that, in, in that in that Paul who talks about, who uses that language? Yes. Oh, I mean, I can't remember where right off the top of my head. Oh, Tom, well, you're out come of practice on. A li- you're, you're, you're out of practice a Jeez. little bit. I apologize. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh, wow, that, yeah, good stuff. Okay, so why, uh, so this question kind of came to mind. Why would the people of Israel want to enter into a covenant with God? Anyone? <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning, and because just thinking of both ahead. sides. Go ahead, Tom. I mean, because that's their God, that's the Creator. Um, it's in Ephesians three, Everett. I just googled it. But, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Look at um, that. But stats on the fly. It's a. Uh, I mean, I, I'm asking a trick question because I have an answer. So let me say my answer, and okay, then you can. Well, you what's can your uh, and I don't mean to. I, I was just curious what. Trying but, to stump us today. Well, you know, and I, I wrote that down. I'm like, what am I going to do? Is this a quiz show? But I mean, they had just been brought out of Egypt, um, in regards to at the base of Mount Sinai, right when that came about. Um, and so I thought, okay, so this is out of gratefulness. And seeing that, um, and I think Ta- uh, Everett referred to this either last episode or before about um, the God of, of uh, the Israelites, you know, overcoming the Egyptian gods. And so I assume that would play into why they would enter into this covenant uh, with God. Um, anyway, maybe not. I mean, if, there. There, if, if we're talking about the covenant God made with Abraham. Yeah, it's before that. And they didn't have a choice in the matter. Uh, okay, true. Yeah, I, I think, and I think it's important. I mean, so the covenant. I mean, traditionally speaking, the covenant we're specifically talking about is the covenant that's made with Abraham. Are we? Yeah. The that's that's the covenant. The the you know. Uh, the, hold on. Nah. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, second question: The old covenant is the one given by God to the Hebrew people. Did we refer to the Abraham as the Hebrew people? Well, what marks you as a Hebrew person is being a descendant of Abraham. Okay. All right. And I only jump into here because I, I'm I'm not fully sure here because that's kind of where it's like when I saw the old covenant, I mean, I think about um, more along the lines of you will be my people and um, thinking of all the Israelites. Again, obviously, I'm at Mount Sinai here at the base, um, which the Ten Commandments were presented, which is the next section and we'll segue to that so in my mind i'm not thinking about the abraham but you're saying that's what we're referring to here that I'm... well i'm not saying that's what the prayer book's referring to oh that's what i meant okay yeah yeah okay sorry that's what i meant everett 
So I think, I mean, I think if you look, if you look biblically, when, when, when the Bible talks about the covenant, when Paul talks about the covenant, he's talking about the covenant between God and Abraham's descendants. Mm. Um, now, when, when, you know, and we're specifically kind of talking about the catechism or the teaching of the church, and it introduces the idea of the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments are the way in, you know, are sort of the base for which the people to understand what their obligations are under this covenanted relationship, right? So Abraham, descendants, you know, the people, his descendants end up in slavery in Egypt. They're there for a long time. They're there for so long that they they almost forget um, God's name. Remember Moses goes and he enter, en encounters the burning bush and Moses says, now, what am I supposed to call you? <laughs> right? I mean, like, like God, I mean, like Moses, they have, they have come to the point where they almost forget Moses. I mean, I almost forget God. And, and God says, you know, essentially, you know, well, I am who I am. And then he says, okay, tell them that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. Moses brings the people out of Egypt into freedom and, you know, he goes up to the mountain to receive this law of how the people are supposed to live in this covenanted relationship. Right. Uh, but the covenant is, properly speaking, between Abraham and God. And that, as you alluded to earlier, said basically that Abraham would, uh, or maybe Tom, but basically have as many descendants in as the stars, and they would bless all nations. Right, and so that's part of what this covenant uh, brought into play with Abraham. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. It's part of it, part and of the it. language is intentionally vague. I think in the Catechism, it just says the covenant with the Hebrew people is to be found in the books which we call the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So that would include Abraham. That would include Moses. That would right. include. You know, and that's why, and that's why it pointed me more to the Sinai, Moses covenant portion of this because of that. Because when I think of that, I didn't think about Abraham, even though we've been talking about it the whole time. So, Tom, what did you want to say about the covenant, the old covenant that you didn't get to say during the episode? Did you have any final things? Yes. Great. So. The big point that we should make, I think, is since the Protestant Reformation, we have a history of, um, especially in Lutheran areas, following Martin Luther's um, view of the Hebrew Scriptures, or the Old Testament, or the Old Covenant, and also the Jewish people, we've had a really bad track record, you know. And so we have a lot of work to do to create correct um, what happened to the Jewish people during for the last 500 years, actually, but especially during the Holocaust. So I grew up hearing... Uh, a doctrine which I got our church got from Martin Luther which was that the old law 
was done away with. It was imperfect. It was terrible. It was a ministry of death, <laughs> and uh, which I'm quoting Paul now, but I'm misquoting Paul. I'm misapplying. I'm quoting him the way he was used or I grew up. And and I think we're, we should instead see one covenant that has gone all the way through the scriptures in the history of God's people that extends through Jesus and is continuing on. And, and Paul says that essentially. And so any view, view that leads us to anti-Semitism or thinking that one, one section of scripture is just impoverished. You know, I grew up thinking the Ten Commandments didn't apply to me. Hmm. I mean, I would have said, yeah, we're supposed to do all those things, but we do them because of what Jesus said, not because of anything we read in the Old Testament, you know? Mm-hmm. And it makes biblical interpretation a lot easier because you only have to deal with Matthew forward, but <laughs> um, you're ignoring half of Scripture. You know, we would have said that was just there for us to learn history or learn some morals or some cool stories, but but you don't that's not what you see in acts or the early church you see jewish christians and from those scriptures they learned they didn't have the new testament right i mean they had the hebrew scriptures or the old testament they were learned that was their bible that pointed them to the messiah so we have a lot of work to do of making up for 500 years of bad interpretation of Paul, I think. For more on this, you could see Christer Stendhal, or you could see N.T. Wright as somebody who does it on a popular level, the new perspective on Paul. It's really not new, it's old, but uh, it's new for us today. Right. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going well, to say about and, that. <laughs> and, and I think it's... I, I think part of it also, I think there's a misreading of the book of Hebrews um, and that, you know, where, you know, Jesus now becomes the, um, you, you know, the, per- the, 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 the perfect one because we couldn't do these things perfectly. Right. I mean, that's sort of Hebrews is, is talking about this new um, worship and, and, and the new covenant, Jesus as the great high priest, those kinds of things. Um, and so I think we misinterpret that to say, oh, well, the old law was invalid because we were failures. And I think what, what Wright would say is, is that Jesus fulfills what we, what we couldn't do. I think also that, um, I mean, just from a historical lesson, um, after the destruction of the temple in 70, both Christians and Jews had to kind of redefine their relationship with God. Um, and it changed it dramatically. What do you want to say, Justin, that you didn't get a chance to say? We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who listen to the podcast as you run or walk, you're welcome for that extra five minutes of exercise today. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I, I got a lot of clarification. And man, that uh, dropping 
whatever it's began with talking about the Episcopal Church not uh, evangelizing to uh, Jews or and what you said there at the end, Tom. I, I really appreciate both those things. That's uh, that's really given me good stuff to reflect on today. So thank you everyone uh, for listening to part three. Uh, next time, week, whatever it is, we will venture into part four of what we believe. Thank you everyone for listening. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.